Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hi, everybody. Welcome to, whoa, I'm so loud sometimes. Welcome to episode 61 of the It's All Fine and Dangy podcast. This evening, Miss Carrie Evelyn has taken some time out of her busy day to join us on a Skype call so that we can bring you all a great interview about this writer, educator, mentor, and speaker, and published author of a romance series, as well as several short stories and a few other things. I know, I'm not worthy. No, so we're going to be chatting all about that. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thrilled to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you here. Uh, as Angie said, thank you for joining us. I will say, as an author myself, as you know, hearing all of those things makes me feel like, wow. You know, you got to start I, adding some things to the list. Sometimes I can't write for five <laughs> minutes, so I'm like, uh, I, that's very impressive what you got going on there. So how was your weekend? Oh, it was great. Um, Mother's Day. So yes. It was, I got cake and flowers and Dunkin' Donuts gift cards. Oh, and nice. And bed. Yeah, oh, my kids, oh, nice. My husband made a great day for me. It was oh, wonderful. Awesome. Oh, you can't beat that. That is awesome. And you have two children, correct? I do. Yes. Yep. Um, 13 and 10 and a half. Oh, wow. And they so got up and cooked the breakfast for you? They spend most of their time in their room. Oh, oh already. I, you know, it's hard for me to remember that. Uh, mine are older. Hers are yeah. older. But yeah, I guess that's the age that starts. Yeah, I think the quarantine hasn't helped with that because yep. they're... They, they're doing their schoolwork and they have videos and zooms and all that. Uh, and so they're in their spots. My husband's in the office. I'm actually set up in our second floor loft. Because oh, nice. we each need our own space. Yes. You need, you need yeah. that space. So how have you, how have you and your family been keeping busy um, during the quarantine? Well, it wasn't much different at first um, as far as school went for the kids. Cause they're, they go to, um, it's this hybrid homeschool university model program. So they only go to school two or three days a week, depending on the program they're in. And so everything is based online. So when we had to go online, it was easy to do so. My poor girl, her life got tipped upside down because she's so involved. She's involved in more things than I am. So her all-star cheer, theater, fencing, um, all that stuff just stopped. And then it went, became online. And so her life was more disrupted than anyone else's. Turned turned upside down, her social life, right? Yeah. Um, I was liking it for a while because I wasn't doing any driving. Yes, that's nice. nice. (laughs) I probably spend about 20 hours a week driving. Um, Oh, wow. More than that, actually. And my husband commutes back and forth to Palm Bay. And so with him home, like... We're saving a ton of money on gas and tolls. You know, that's what we noticed too. That yeah, we're we're putting some money in the bank because we're not going out so much. We're you know not even doing our date nights, taking the kids yeah. to do things. So yeah, you got a little money in the savings account now because of that. You know, it's true. It is helping, but I will say this: it would also help if Amazon would close down for just a little bit, a little while too. That's our. Oh uh, no! 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 <laughs> She's like, uh-uh, don't, don't take that away from me. I need my daily delivery. So before we get started on um, our formal interview with you, uh, let's just get to know you a little bit, a little bit personally, maybe. I mean, we kind of chat a little bit already, but you know, whatever you'd like to share with everybody. Oh, gosh. Um, I'll put you on the spot, didn't I? 
Well, I mean, you told <laughs> us a little bit already with the kids, <laughs> right? Two options, and I'll tell you my favorite like, instinct for you kids on the block. That might be a hard one. Okay. Um, here, Universal, it's always going to be Disney. Oh, I'm Chick-fil-A with you there. McDonald's, that's a hard one, too. I love Chick-fil-A, but my first job was McDonald's. Oh, nice. Um, okay, I got one for you. So, okay. where are you from? There we go. I was born and raised in Dartmouth, Massachusetts, a little town on the south coast between between Providence, Rhode Island, and Cape Cod. Um, I lived there for 24 years before I moved to Florida. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah, I, um, I went to college just south of Boston in Bridgewater, Bridgewater State University. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, that was a great four years. I think some of my sorority sisters are watching right now. Hi. Oh, yay. Hi, oh, hey sisters. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, Breaking stuff. <laughs> like, awesome moral support. Um, I can't see the Facebook chat, so I'll answer your questions later if you're typing stuff in. I don't know. They they're all, they always show up when I do a live. It's <laughs> the most wonderful thing. Um, and so, and then I, I got a job teaching um, in New Bedford, which is a city, a very, uh, there, there's different parts of the city, but I, I was teaching in a low income area that was, um, you know, full of, there, there was drugs and all kinds oh, of stuff wow. in the area. And so it was... It was it was urban. It was it was tough. It was emotionally draining. Um, I spent two years at that school, and I made oh the kids were just wonderful. But it was it was a lot. And yeah. my second year, nine um, eleven happened, and oh, so goodness. the department decided to lay off two uh, one third of all of the teachers. Just if you had three years or less, you were laid off. Yeah. Didn't matter what your position was, how great you were, you were going to get a pink slip. And so mm-hmm. I used the opportunity to just apply to schools in Florida. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just going to try it. Um, my best friend's family was from Orlando. And um, I was like, I'm just going to try it. So I started with A and Z. And I figured I'd meet in the middle. Well, Zellwood Elementary School called me back. And um, Wow, that was quick. Like, after an hour on the <laughs> phone, I was hired to teach fourth grade in Zellwood. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. oh my God. You don't even want to meet me in person? But um, no, that's they not didn't. that's not far from us. Selwood's no, right down the really. road from us. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, those are. Oh, I spent two years at Selwood Elementary School, and it was the best time ever. It was, it was like, it. it I loved it so. Oh, much. that's great. Um, that's still good to know. Low income, but the total opposite of the city. And yeah. um, principal was um, um, a P, a former PE coach, and he was young, and he had little kids, and he just he understood, you know all these things that all of a lot of the older principals did not understand and, and didn't want to change. And so it was a great place for me to try new things and just have a great time teaching and not worry so much about what everyone else was going to think about all these new ideas I was bringing in. Uh, We love what I always loved when the teachers brought the new ideas. And I'm telling you, I was like, that's the teacher I want for my kids. Yeah. The one that's got those fresh new ideas. So, so when did, what year did you move down here? 2002. Okay. So you've been here for a while. Yeah. 18 years. Wow. So what do we say? Right around there, you just, you're pretty much a local now. You just have to say you're a local. Yeah. She's there. I mean, it's been 10 plus years. Yeah. Do you still go back home? Or I guess I should say that. Yeah, oh, do you? Um, most of my family is there. My parents have moved out. My dad and stepmom moved down to Fort Myers in 2007, right after my daughter was born. Oh, and then nice. my mom and stepdad um, and sister moved down, I think almost two years ago. Um, and they live 20 minutes away. Isn't oh, so that? I can't beat that. Yeah. No. 
Isn't that what happens to one one family member moves down to the Sunshine State, right? And then everybody else kind of trickles and follows along. Yeah, that's the way. So I have a question for you. As you're mentioning how, you know, they're kind of close by, how are you guys, or how are you specifically handling this whole stuck-at-home quarantine thing? My mom and I meet at Aldi. Oh, do you? How cool. <laughs> She she makes masks and I bring her books and oh, nice. we, we switch it up. Oh, yeah. that's awesome! Yeah, do your grocery so, shopping together okay, so six feet apart. That's how you guys yep. are meeting. That's great, but I mean, just you in general. I mean, how are you handling and sort of navigating through this? Um, that's one way, but uh, how are you keeping yourself sane throughout all this? A lot of zooming. Like, yes, so much zooming. <laughs> um, Facebook Messenger lives with my friends. Um, a lot oh, of phone nice. calls. Like I, I need people. Um, I, I'm a lot introverted, but I'm a lot extroverted when I want to be extroverted. I want to be able to be extroverted. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I'm very extroverted with people I'm comfortable with. So like if, if I, if you're new to me, I might look like this. I just can't. I'm super shy. (laughs) And people get the wrong impression. Like everyone who's all my good friends, you know, the first time I met you, I thought you were such a witch. And I'm like, why? What I say? And they're like, nothing. We just didn't think we were worthy to like talk to you because of the look you were giving us. You know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I never hear anybody say that, and I say that all the time. I am like super extroverted. Want to go see people? Want to go to parties? Want to go to events where people are? Or I'm perfectly fine being shut up in my house by myself for half a year. So I can totally relate with the being able to switch that on and off. And I think that's a gift right now because Mm -hmm. if you are just purely extroverted, it's like torture for some people right now. Really, literally is torturous. Yeah. Yeah. There's a a part, I don't know about you, but uh, Carrie, for me, there's a part of my personality that's been preparing for this quarantine for (laughs) my whole life. (laughs) So... And the kids, too, most of them that, like you said, kids go right into their rooms, right? That's kind of their their uh, safe spa- space or whatever it move. is. That's yeah. their place. And they're... We're learning how to rest again because we yes. never rest. That is a yes. great point. Like, we have great... theme park tickets. Like I go to writing workshops all the time, and it's like I'm still kind of doing that. Like on Saturdays, I'm in Zooms from 9 to 4 usually. Oh, wow. Um, you make a whole but... day of it. A whole day, yeah, with different groups. It's, oh, that's cool. Um, that but cool. I wouldn't be able to do that if, if we were at the theme park or if my daughter had a cheer or theater thing. Wow. And so, like, we go, 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 go. And we don't really rest unless we go away. Yeah. So so it almost seems like this time has kind of allowed you to focus on your business a little more. I've been doing more writing. Yeah, I'm, I'm at my computer a lot. Um, that, that's good. I've brainstormed two new worlds and five stories that I'm, I, I've just thought of them, but haven't written them. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. Stuff that I'm on deadline to write, but that's never as exciting as the new stuff. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So, yeah. um, you, you just reminded me cause we do a zoom meeting. You and I do a zoom meeting with another author group on Saturday mornings. Um, yep. the Jamie Engel write a book that doesn't suck a uh, zoom meeting which is open to authors at all levels. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes too, if you're listening to this on the podcast or watching the YouTube video. But you're saying that when you go, because we run an hour and a half sometimes, when you get off that call, you have to go get on another one and that's what you do for the day? Yeah. Yeah, so I have have a critique group that goes from 
9 to 10, 30, 11, and then several of us are in the write a book that doesn't set group. So then we go straight to that. Oh, that's not even your first one. Yeah, no. And then really quick lunch or someone brings me lunch or I bribe the kids to bring me lunch. And then a couple (laughs) Saturdays of the month, I have a romance group that meets at 1230. Last Saturday, I did a podcast at 2. And sometimes I have a romance critique group that meets later in the afternoon. And so on any given Saturday, I, I could be in Zooms from like nine to nine. So, but wow. mostly at five, four. Yeah. So, so are you ready for the quarantine to be over so you can rest? <laughs> I can sleep on Sundays. I sleep <laughs> in sometimes. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you know, I tease you, but honestly, I'm the type of person that I, I'm not saying you're like this, but I, I don't really relax so good. So I'd rather be moving and doing stuff yeah. anyway, but that's very yeah. impressive. Because I, I have to crash. But yeah. I can sit still and read a book for like a very long time. And it drives my husband nuts because he can't sit still. And even when he's driving, he's like <laughs> flicking a can tab. Or he's like, oh, oh you guys are a good balance like, for each other. <laughs> Sounds like my son always moving and flicking <laughs> yeah. and moving. Um, so you, you remind me here. Um, you know, as you talk about all the projects you're doing and we've been in our Zoom meetings and stuff, I don't think I ever asked you this, but where did you first discover your love of writing? I, I can't tell you because I don't know. It's just really? something I've always mm. done. Yeah, the first, I have a letter that I wrote to my great-grandmother in heaven when I was three. Aww. And that's the first piece of writing that I actually remember writing. Um, but it was, I mean, it's the cutest thing. My mom saved it. Um and then I've just always loved to tell stories, read stories. Uh, I would be the one who would read a book about witches and look at the spells in the book and then copy the spells down into a journal or a notebook and then try to come up with my own spells. Oh, nice. Um, I would play the game of Zelda and design my own extensions to that world because it oh, wasn't cool. up to my satisfaction. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah, no, I've always been writing. And when I was in high school, I wanted to do journalism. And so I wrote for the paper. I became um, co-editor-in-chief my junior, senior year. Wow. And that was cool. And I thought I would go into journalism. And then I took a communications class my freshman year of college and realized how much I hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be the one knocking on doors and, you know, people are going through something and saying, hey, tell me the story. Or, or just the pressure to, you know, you have to travel everywhere. And I didn't want to do that. So yeah. okay. I wrote feature articles in college for the for the comment, which was our uh, college newspaper. Whenever I felt like it, I just write a feature and it was accepted or it wasn't. Um, but there wasn't any pressure there. And so when I became a teacher, I started writing stories for my students because oftentimes the kids who have trouble with the textbook, it's because the material is either too hard or too boring or they can't connect to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I write stories about horses and Pokemon and American Girl and all these things um, for the individual students or small groups just to teach them parts of story. And, um, cool. and it, it's the same skills no matter what the story is. It doesn't have to be a Newbery or Caldecott award winner. You know, it can yeah. be something they're interested in. And if as long as I'm hitting those story points, then, you know, they, they can learn. Oh, yeah. can you imagine? I bet that's, that's amazing. Crazy. Not, not having to read the boring stories that they normally make you read so yeah. you can learn about, you know. It was yeah. nice to have the freedom to do that. I don't know that 
teachers can still do that. I haven't taught since 2007 in public school. So, well, you can do it because you homeschool your kids. So you can still yes. do it, right? Oh, I've had great fun with them making up. A, I, I love making curriculum, you know, whether it, yeah. whether it's it all the benchmarks or not is another story, but the kids have fun. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's what brings that creativity out of kids too. Sometimes, you know, you gotta, you can't yep. just stick to the benchmarks all the time. You gotta go off those sometimes. Sure. Well, it seems like, you know, I, I believe people are born with different talents. It seems like writing was the talent you were born with since you were doing it at such a young age, it seems. Yeah. And you were probably telling stories before you could even um, really articulate them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're probably kind of telling these little stories to your parents. And to me, telling yeah. stories verbally is the same as writing, you know, uh, yeah, you know putting so. it on paper. You know, a lot of this stuff starts to make sense for me, though, because one of the things that Carrie, when, when we were uh, in the last author session, we're talking about character development, and that's, I really want to be better at character development. I'm, I'm proud of my work, but I also feel like, you know, you read some work, and, and maybe it's because it's my own work, but I read other people's work, and the characters, you're like, please don't die. Please don't let something happen to this character. <laughs> yeah. And I never really got yeah. that attached to my own characters. But, Carrie, your sort of uh, feedback and input and tips that you gave this past week, and, and the, for those of you wondering, Carrie led the meeting this past week or weekend, um, I thought the level that you go to to build your characters, I've been telling Angie ever since Saturday, I was totally inspired by everything you told me because I am like full blast carving my characters into real people to the point to where now I'm thinking about if they're going to be, how they're going to react to certain things that happen in a story. So you definitely do your work. I think it maybe it's just your passion, maybe it's your experience, but mm-hmm. um, you definitely do the, I think, fundamental work that it takes to make a good story by making the characters real people, so to speak. And that probably sounds crazy to people that don't write, but I think there's something to that, honestly. Yeah, and, and that's what I set out to do. And so if you if you read some of my reviews on Amazon, people say, oh, you know, they I can imagine these people as real. They, they're living in my head. I want to be friends with them. I want to visit them. And to me, that's the greatest compliment because... Mm, yeah. So you might forget the name of the book, but if you remember the characters, that means they made an impression on you. Right. And yeah. so that that's that's my goal goal with character driven writing. So I really, I really want them to stick. Sure. Um, and so I've achieved that with my Mima character, who is <laughs> she's a delight. She was written in as just a little plot point, just because you know my hero in the first book needed an engagement ring, and so she traveled up to Maine from Savannah to deliver her ring, and um. And that was pretty much it. But she made such an impression on the readers. They were like, when's Mima coming back? And I was oh, like, wow. She's not. And they're like, what? And so as she developed, um, she she just, she took on all the personalities of all the Golden Girls. Oh, I love it. That's like, oh, nice. so that's like the like best mixture ever. Well, she's got the sass of Blanche. Blanche, um, she's, she's like dry like Dorothy and she will just tell you whatever she's thinking like Sophia and so <laughs> the best character and she she makes an appearance in almost all of my books across several series so um so I have two series I have the the Cranes Cove series which is mm-hmm. my um full-length novels um set in set in Maine and then I have my short series 
um, shorter books, um, Cat's Paw Cove, and that those stories take place at a magical resort called Moon Mist Manor. And so that's something new I just started doing. And it's been so fun because I've been able to pull in all those fantasy characters that I've always wanted to write. I always thought I would write children's books. And then I didn't like that. That didn't come out. This this other stuff came out. Yeah, so that, I, I was going to ask that, like, when when did you decide that you wanted to or when did you discover, OK, romance is is my niche? I think I, just because I started writing after I had kids and I didn't I don't know if you've heard of um, Jodi Picoult. She writes uh, women's fiction and all her books are just I mean, they touch you emotionally, but they destroy you. And after I had kids, I couldn't read books like that anymore, you know, about school shootings and, oh, yeah. um, and you know, all those, all those things. And oh, so I'd never be able to read that. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's what I read when I was younger. But after kids, mm-hmm. it was like, I cannot read these books because I don't want to imagine my kids being in this situation. Yeah. And so I've always had an adrenaline rush when I read a book, maybe it's not adrenaline, maybe it's um, an endorphin of what, what is that, that, that feel good hormone? The, yeah. Endorphins. Endorphin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, like a rush when like characters are on the page falling in love. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to write a romance. And I didn't know how to write a romance. I didn't think I was writing a romance when I wrote it. I thought I was writing just a fiction novel. And then it turned out to be a romance. I tried to make it like a thriller, like so that you're in the mind of a stalker and, I, I was scaring myself, so I pulled him out, and I decided to do a male-female back and forth, and between the hero and the heroine, that's what we call them in romance, mm-hmm. um, the two main characters, and it just, it ended up being a romance, and I was like, I like this, so. Cool. Um, yeah, it was, it, I, I didn't expect it, um, and what came out was, I was like, whoa, like, sometimes you just start writing, and you, you don't really know, um where you're going with Mm -hmm. it and it just takes on a life of its own and i plotted the whole thing but you know i got surprised along the way and that that's what's so great when you develop your characters so well they will start directing you yes um and so i've heard that when you know that you want them to do something (laughs) but it's like your kids you're like you want them to do something but they're saying no i wouldn't do that i would do this and so it's super fun when that happens, but it really messes me up too. Sometimes. It's like you, you threw me off my list here that I have to do, yeah. you know, threw me yeah. off my course. It's funny because when I was reading your website, it said um, that the the book you started, I think, in, in 2015 was historical fiction, mystery, suspense, romance. Like that was the yeah. description of it. I was like, that's a lot of stuff in a book. That's great. Especially just throwing the history in there. Saga. Like, oh. has, like that book has been shelved. So I started writing that and I got a little more than halfway through when I came to a problem. Um, I had, I did so much research. I love the World War II era. I love General Montgomery. I love, you know, England and Prince Edward Island. And they were building an airfield on Prince Edward Island to train, to ch- train their royal pilots and all this stuff. And I wanted to weave all these cool things that I'd always been interested in all together. And so I set up this, a team this dream team of like all these different characters and um i i didn't know how to make it work and so i called up one of my friends who'd served in the military and i said how do i make this work and he's like carrie if you want it to be believable it's not gonna work yeah <laughs> he's like true. you can't do that like these people would never come into contact with each other and i was like yeah. but it's fiction yeah and he's like 
it's not believable. He's like, who do you want to read this? Because right. some people don't care, so but you want to be taken seriously. It's not going to be a military expert that decides to read your yeah. book, you know. And if they do, great. But that's right. probably not your target audience. But I, I still, I still wanted it to be believable, and so. Um, he said to me, he said, you know, and, and this is someone I went to high school with who, who knew me back when I was writing for the paper and it was published in like, you know, the school creative writing anthology, that kind of thing. He's like, you know, you can write anything, it, you know, that you, pretty much. He's like, why don't you write a book that I can give to my wife that will help her understand why it's easier for me to die for her over there than live for her over here. Oh, and I was what a like, quote. Wow. Hopefully you stole that quote. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay, no, I can't do that, whatever. But those words haunted me. And as I'm trying to fix this hot mess of a historical romance, I started like getting scenes in my head of two characters. And I'd started hearing dialogue in the shower and, and, and while I'm driving. And it was just, it was just overwhelming. And then one day I just sat down and I typed out everything I knew about this. It was all out of order. And I looked at the, the 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 word count, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this could be a book." Wow! So I was like, "Well, how do I put it together?" Because you know, I had so many gaps, and I wrote it out of order. Sure. And so that eventually became Love on the Edge, and it's you know that's about um, a wounded a wounded military man um, who is hired to be bodyguard to his colonel's granddaughter when her stalker almost kills her, and so he's got tremendous PTSD. And, you know, he's, his leg is still bothering him, but she's, she's a physical therapist and a massage therapist. So, Hey, that's, that's, that's a win. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, he helps her work through her PSD by doing something called stuck point journaling. And I had a friend in college who uh, works with, with, um, at the VA in Boston, who was helping me, you know, go through this process that, you know, the veterans go through, um, called the stuck point journaling. You, you, you journal things you're stuck on. And the more you tell your story, the easier it gets to tell your story and then it becomes part of your new normal. There's a lot more to it than that. But, um, so there, there's a lot of great lessons in the book that is, and it's helpful, but not in a preachy kind of way. It's just these two very hurt people are helping each other get unstuck and, and, and work toward life in this new normal where hmm. they where they don't have to be afraid and they can actually trust another person. And it happens over the course of several weeks up at a resort in Maine where they're hiding out. And, you know, I pulled in, I mean, I'm a big fan of the New England coast, you know, having grown up on it. We don't have cliffs or mountains where I grew up, but, you know, you have all that high elevation and yeah. cool stuff um, up in Maine. And so I picked a setting um, that I love and it was partly – partly based on where I lived in Clark's Cove um, in New Bedford. I lived um, at a house like really it was like I could throw a rock and probably hit the ocean. Oh, nice. Um, wow. Yeah, it was a nice view out the third floor window to this floating lighthouse. So I incorporated that in my story. It's actually a luxury suite as part of the resort based on another lighthouse in a, a, few, a couple of towns over that actually is that. It's very cool. Um, wow. I tied in a whole bunch of stuff. So I've got a little geography from where I grew up, a little geography from Winter Harbor, um, Maine. And it's just, it, it became That's, this whole world. And that is really cool yeah, though. Really cool. I think it's so fun. I think um, a lot of authors do that. You kind of pull from sure. those experiences and, and work it into the story. But it seems like you had like a lot of resources that you were able to go to for that book as far as your friends in the VA and, you know, that yeah. had some feedback about that kind of stuff. So that's great too. All right, I got to do some Facebook Live house cleaning real quick because you've got people chiming in here. Michelle says, you know we're here. Oh, um, love her. And let's see, Amy. Hi, Michelle. 
And Amy says, yeah, baby. Of course, I don't know what she's responding to. I think it was a little while ago. <laughs> uh, she's Christy says, Prince Edward Island. Yeah, VA Boston. So everybody's yeah. cheering you on here. Just thought I should tell you since you can't see the comments. And thank you guys for joining us tonight. I know. It's almost like when you do one of these shows, you got to have somebody over on the side doing your uh, your typing for you so that you can actually make comments to everybody. Yeah, watching your comments too. So, I, so as you talk about the atmosphere and the location and the experience of the people that you knew that were going through some stuff that you could kind of reach out to for sort of expertise. You said earlier that um, you didn't want to travel too often. And I really don't like traveling a lot, but for my day job, I have to travel sometimes. And I've made the observation that in a way, is if you, especially if you have to travel, travel is almost like a secret weapon for writers to me because if you sort of listen, I've never really been a people watcher until I started writing, but if you listen <laughs> and you pay attention to weird mannerisms or a story that two people are telling each other, I have found that I can build people from little pieces and parts of people mm-hmm. that I have seen or heard in travels. So it just made me think of that when you said that, that, um, you know, in a way well, I do love to travel, but for pleasure, not for work. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. I had to travel for work um, when I was consulting for Wright Group McGraw-Hill. Like, this is so funny. I can't do the maths, but I can teach math to elementary school students. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so, I was so passionate about teaching math through games and projects that I was, I was, someone got my name and they asked me to be a trainer for the company for the math program. And so for a while, I traveled all over the Southeast training teachers how to teach math. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. I did not like traveling though because it was you're by yourself. You're in a hotel room alone. You got to get the rental car. You're driving the rental car by yourself. That's awkward because like no, there's no car like my car. Sure, Um, it's like riding somebody else's bike. I I love to travel everywhere, and I get story ideas everywhere I go. Very nice. Yeah, I I have a book coming out June 9th, um, and it's we we did a few days in St. Augustine over Christmas because the book takes place there. But back in 1717, so I wanted to explore like. The fort and, you know, what it was like back then. And so that was a lot of fun. I love research trips, but only oh, yes. if I want to do it. If yeah. someone's <laughs> telling me to do it, that kind of sucks the creativity out of it. Of course. Different story. Well, so yeah. Angie and I talk about our ultimate goal is to, whether whether we sell the house or Airbnb it or whatever, when my daughter's grown and moved out, my son's already grown and moved out, we want to get like a nice RV and I work you know, remote in my day job anyway. So I could fly to an office if I needed to, but I could work from anywhere. But the idea of writing, sitting somewhere, like you said, you know, you went to St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. I envision if you were sitting at your desk and like looking out the window at a mountain for a month and then the woods for a month and then yeah. the snow for, a, it seems to me like the, those research trips are being like in a permanent research trip for us. <laughs> but it seems <laughs> It, yeah, doesn't it? Because it, it seems to me like if I can look out at a landscape that is similar to the book, it's almost like cheating because you don't even really have to imagine as much, yeah. at least to me, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that would be wonderful. And before the quarantine, I was actually planning a writing retreat to Maine the third week of June with a couple of my writer friends. Oh, nice. And, oh, nice. Of course, I, that's not going to happen. Well, you've postponed but, it, right? Not canceled. Yes, well... Hopefully, I mean, once life starts back up again, I, I had I'd carved out these three weeks in June um, huh. to go up north, and so I don't know when I can do that again. Yeah, um, but it'll happen. Yeah, it will. for sure. So, um, 
Another thing that I always find interesting is the, the creative process that different authors have in the way that they start putting a story together. Um, so you've told us about kind of some of those details of where you get, you know, information or, or uh, um, maybe personalities or things that are going to happen. And I've talked to you about this in the author call, but for the sake of those watching and listening, and I really want to learn a little bit more about it too. How do you take all of the little pieces and the ideas that you have for a story? How do you start building it together? Because I like to use JK Rowling as an example, by the way, all of your talk about Harry Potter and last Saturday, we've now watched the first, yes. we're never going to read the books. I'm not going to make the time. I know I'm not, but we sat down and watched the first movie two nights ago. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, we're like, at first we're like, there's like a million of these looking at, you know, the uh, iTunes or whatever. <laughs> and at the end of the first one, yeah, I know. I know. Well, we changed our mind. By the end of yeah. it, we were like, we could totally watch these. We're yeah. totally going to watch these. So, so we're good. going, we're going down that road. I'll let you know, but so far so good. Okay. But um, J.K. Rowling, and a lot of people know the story, but she was like a struggling waitress or whatever, and she was writing the little notes about the books. And if you go back and look online, you can see how she's drawn like a look. To me, it looks like a handmade Excel spreadsheet where yeah. she wrote the years and stuff. What is your process like? Like, how do you gather your information? You know, how do you organize it? How do you get process started for putting a book together? Um, well, in the early years, it was sticky notes and napkins. Oh, <laughs> Every really? time I got an idea, I'd reach for a sticky note or a napkin and I would shove it in a folder. Yeah. And then when I was ready to write the story, I would sit down and just type all that stuff out in bullet points and put it at the end of my document. And so as I used it, I would highlight it or cross it out or delete it so oh, that I wouldn't cool. use it again. Um, but after the first book, you know, writing it all out of order, it was... I, I knew I needed worksheets. I don't like to give worksheets, but I like to fill out worksheets. Right. Hmm. So I made a, a ton of worksheets based on other worksheets, and I came up with um, just a, like a book of worksheets. Um, it's it's almost um, – hopefully it will be published soon. It's called How to Binge Write Your Novel. Oh, yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, someone um, saw that and was like, can we print – can we make that? I was like, sure. Uh, you know, but um, I was, I was going to make it, but – I, I can obviously having a publisher do it, it would come out way better. Mm-hmm. But no, these worksheets. So I have all the plot points I want to hit. I have the character bios. I have um, secondary character spaces. I have a list of chapters. And then what I do is I, I will write each scene on a sticky note and I will put it on a board or on a wall and make sure that it makes sense the order it is. And then I'll start to write. Um, and I collect information and quotes. I have. <laughs> like, I have at least 15 sticky notes on this trifold right now uh, that I'm looking at. Um, I set up a trifold to block me from being seen because I'm in the loft and like my daughter's room is right there. <laughs> oh, then sure. the lake. But I've got yeah. like 15, let's see, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. No, 27, 27 oh, sticky notes. <laughs> a lot more maths. than I can't do the maths. Um, <laughs> Just little things like I have a Mima quote over there. I have a list of, you know, events I want to make sure to mention because the Cliff Walk Resort, you know, it has, you know, events every Saturday and I have to make sure that I'm following the schedule that I set like in the first book. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> you know, so, I have to yeah. make sure that the work schedules work out, all this stuff. So I'm actually in the process of writing the fourth book um, to the Cranes Cove series, Love on the Fly. But I've kind of been putting that aside because I'm brainstorming this whole new world. And oh, yes. It's taken over. So I've got folders. The folder is full of 
all that stuff, diagrams and stuff. So it seems so like your process, um, you you like stuff on paper, right? Yeah. Instead of using yes. like an app or something like that. Yeah. Because well, the tech guy over that. here. <laughs> because I have an app on my phone. Uh, for when I'm out and about, instead of talking to text and texting my email like I used to do, I discovered this great, well, Megan, my friend Megan told me about Keep Notes. Mm. And so it's Google Keep. And so I have probably 60 notes of ideas and one for each story, each character, all this stuff. So when I don't have the sticky notes handy to put in the folder, I put it on there. And then that I email to my document and it goes at the end of the document. And I'm basically all over the place. And what sounds like it works for you, though, what's interesting is that you have these worksheet packets, and I may or may not have seen a couple of early renditions of that. I don't want to irritate the publisher, but part of what we talked about no, no. last week. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there but, was a beta group, so, oh, so there, the beta group was, has the... Oh, I got you. Okay, so we're safe. Um, yeah. But, so you have these worksheets, and I and of course I loved them. I was telling Angie all about how organized it is, and you know that's part of my process. Mm-hmm. We talked about the different kinds of... Um, writers and as you mentioned last weekend there's the planner and i'm the planner and i gotta have you know i could have the old school yarn on the walls like the old detectives and connect all the things together but you've got your worksheets and it seems all very organized and linear and then you've got all these other things that you sort of add on to it still you think that's just sort of residual from the first way that you learned to put all this together Yeah, well, my ideas just don't stop, and sometimes there's not room on the paper, or when I want want the paper, I can't find the paper. Right. So, I mean, I I have a binder for each new story that I'm working on, but sometimes I can't find the binder either. Sure. I have, like, six tote tote bags going at any one time. Oh, my gosh. Oh, (laughs) man. I know. You are are pure creativity. I love it. Yeah. It's it's a little out of control, you know, and um, so, so I have... Love on the Fly is all in my purple backpack. So I have everything for that in the purple backpack. I have other things in different tote bags. And so when I finish a book completely, all that gets shelved in the office. Um, But until it's finished, it's literally everywhere. Like my desk right now, I have several piles. I have multiple just papers of different sizes, like with just notes, like... Like this one piece of paper right here has notes for three different stories and and a, and a song from for the soundtrack that I need to add to one of the stories. Oh wow! wow. And I have to, <laughs> when I do it, I'll check it off. Wow, does it do it? And then I throw it away. So uh, it's, that's good. Yeah. That's good because then you're kind of done. You do that with like little um, post its on on your desk. On so my, on my desk, done. yeah, at work. Done. There, there's a there's a method. It's called like the Kadoba method or something like that. There's a there's an actual science to the fact. As much as I like all the apps because I can search things like, like a Kanban board. Have you heard of the Kanban? That's board? what it is. Thank you. Okay. Kanban. Yeah. What did I say? That, Kudoba? I yeah, must that's be with all the uh, post-its, like different colors yeah. and categories and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a little too organized for me. Well, it's yeah. neat though. There's a there's a there's an actual science behind the human brain needing like physical space for ideas, and I yeah. think that's mm. what the apps kind of take away. But the what did you call it in Kanban? Kanban. So that it started with like eleven by seventeens and post-it notes, and it was invented in Japan. Uh, during like car manufacturing so they could kind of track tasks that are either to do Mm. in progress or done. It sounds like you know all this, but I looked all into it because I'm always looking for a better way to organize my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get get, um, intimidated and scared by all the ones that I want to do and and not as many that, and, and, you know, a lot of them move to the in progress. 
But seeing that last column so bare, because things take a long time, yeah. is just intimidating discouraging. or discouraging. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I wanted to find out what's your target audience. Um, it, it depends. Uh, mostly, I would say um, women or moms ages like you know mid twenties and all the okay. way up. Um, I write. I, I don't write anything that teenagers or even young teens shouldn't read, mm-hmm. but there's, there's some like my, I wouldn't have my daughter read it because there's some heavy issues in some of the things. Yeah. Gotcha. So what well, my characters are smooching. That's pretty much as far as it goes there, but there's, you know, the PTSD, the stalkers, there's kidnapping in one of the books. Yeah. Um, it depends on the child and if they're going to be disturbed by those things, then, you know, it's, she's, she's very sensitive um, but she'll probably read my cat's Paw Cove books someday. I hope she doesn't like to read. Neither of my kids like to read. It's Isn't like, that funny? <laughs> well, that, maybe they'll have to wait for the movie. Yeah. They'll wait yeah. for the movie. Yeah. yeah. They're like, he's like, if there's a movie, why do I need to read the book? I'm like, cause you got to read the book first. And they're like, why? I'm like, cause you do. Why? <laughs> Well, in the case of Harry Potter, if you can't read the book, you should at least listen to it because it's there's a lot of extra cool stuff. And in the books, Ron is not a bumbling idiot. He's actually Aww. super smart and important. Can I tell you, he's my yeah. favorite character yeah. in the first movie. Yeah. I was like, that dude's the, my favorite. He's hilarious. He's got a huge role and he's kind of like dumbed down. Like all his big moments ended up being like in deleted scenes. Oh, oh that's now, a bummer. Yeah, so but it it helps I guess in the screenplay to have, you know, that that character be one way. But he's very smart, he's very helpful. He's he's needed in that trio for reasons that the movies don't really explain. Yeah. So mm, that's so, yeah. So, so you know, this is the sort of age-old question that all the authors ask each other and and I'm genuinely curious, how do you market yourself? Still trying to figure that one out. (laughs) Yeah. The market's always changing, you know, and what you think, um, what you think you're marketing to may not be your audience. Right. So my audience is, I would say 80 to 90% of it is our moms my age. And I write young characters. So like for young people not to read it, I was like, huh. But, you know, it's just they're, they're reading other things. And, you know, I think back to when I was in my 20s. I wasn't reading romance. Yeah. I was reading like the Jodi Picoult books, and um, and and I, I was reading Twilight, you know, which is kind of sure. a romance, but kind of more than a, you know all that stuff. Right. Actually, right. that was probably in my thirties. I keep forgetting how old I am. You know, <laughs> well, that's a good thing, though. Same here. <laughs> it's always good yeah. when we forget. <laughs> um, but yeah, I read more literary fiction in my twenties. Um, I I didn't read a lot of um, I didn't read a lot of romance because I I just I didn't. Um, and now I, it's funny because I write it and <laughs> who knew? Now, do you read it yeah. now is the question besides your own books. Yeah, you know what? With a romance, you always get that happy ever after. And that is what I need. There is enough um, bad stuff in the world. There are enough books that don't have happy endings. And when Guilty. I, when I want to escape the world, I want a happy ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to, and I want to grow with the characters. I want to, I want, you know, them to change from the beginning to the end. I want, I want them to. I want them to feel like my friend when I'm done with the book. And yeah. if the book accomplishes that, then it it's then it becomes a favorite. Does that make so. it hard to let them go? Though at the end, at the total end, and this is it, last book in the series. 
Yeah, I don't like it when series ends, but what a lot of authors do is they will do a series offshoot, and I have done that too. So the first book in my Crane's Cove series stars the same two people that is the first book of my Cat's Paw Cove series. So it's just two and a half years later, they're on their baby moon and they're having communication issues. It's still a romance, um, but I use the characters from the first series in the second series. Because then you know them, yeah. Yeah, and the car- and the readers know them, and they want more of them, and so I love I love that. Um, two of my favorite authors do that: Mariah Stewart and Kat Mazzara. They're constantly doing other like you know series. They have trilogies and quartets and quintets and all these things. And one you know, you've got characters in every book that originated somewhere else, or you meet someone new, and then you're like, oh, I want their story. And so I think that's brilliant. And that way it's not so sad when the series ends because you know another one is going to pick up. Or yeah. maybe that next book will have a favorite character in it. And so I, I do that too. Because wow. I, I like I, to I read... A- yeah, I like to read series. Yes. And I like um, the... Uh, what do like I like? Dy- dystopian. Dystopian type books. But for younger readers, though. I, I like say, that. But that ties yeah. into what, what you're mm-hmm. saying, Carrie, that... You- Sometimes you don't you don't really even know who the audience is going to be. You know who you think you're writing it for, but it might appeal to more than that, or primarily a whole different you know age group than that. Yeah, well, I, I love the Hunger Games books, mm-hmm. and that was not written for me. Yeah, you know, it's like her and favorite. She just burned through the three of them in a week. Again. I've read it so many times; it's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, 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 same, same. And um, I liked the Divergent um, series too. Yeah, except the third one was just... Yeah, I know. That one was not great. Yeah. Oh, it must have matched the movie, because the yeah. third movie was kind of... Stinker. If that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, yeah, it didn't quite fit the rest, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, there were some disappointments there. Yeah. But... That's got to be a challenge <laughs> as a writer, too. You've got it built up. You've got this huge following. You had this huge hit. You're right, part two. It's still a huge hit. You know, and the pressure's building, and yeah. then you've, you... You yeah, know, well, and, fold and under pressure. You know, traditional publishing, you get a lot of input from the publisher and what they want you to do. And that could have been what and messed so it up. I wonder up. if that's what happened there. Yeah. You know, there was like this this hard deadline, and this is what they wanted. Yeah. And you know, I've even found that out writing for another series. The the my books in Cat's Paw Cove. Um, I don't own that series. I'm a guest author in that series, and so trying to write my own story while still writing in the vision of the world was very challenging oh, that'd be because, you know, I have to make sure I preserve what's already there yeah. and build on it, but still tell my own story and not lose my voice. Yeah. So that was, that was more challenging than I thought it would be. So, but it was still super fun. Cause you know, I was writing about talking cats and fairies and all these kinds of magical things. Yeah, no doubt. Very, very Disney, Disney, Disney like Disney esque. <laughs> yeah. That's the word I, I was think looking I knew for. When I was three years old. I was going to live in Orlando because I, of Disney. You know, there's yeah. something about Disney. I I am not a typical. I think uh, you wouldn't know that I'm a Disney fan until you talk to me for a little while. But I love it. My kids outgrew it. What two years ago? They're like, and but I made it from, and I'm from here. I made it from like mm-hmm. age three. To age 17, my son, when he's like, Dad, I think I'm done with Disney. I'm like, oh, such a bummer. But I had to remember, 17 years old, he was still going with us. So Plus, I have a granddaughter. Awesome. Well, we have a granddaughter coming, my old, my oldest son. Okay. So okay. in a few years, he'll get nah, to... You don't, you don't he'll have to get wait his... very long. You can, you can you go can, Yeah. The first thing I said when she told me that <laughs> we're going to be grandparents... I, I think nine months old, she crawled to Minnie Mouse in Animal Kingdom, pulled herself up, 
and hugged Minnie Mouse around the legs. Love oh, it. Oh, gosh. And that was just, like, the best moment ever. I love it. That's and what so, I said. When they're little, it's all for you. Like, I thought, like, two and a half to, like, five was, like, the best age to go to Disney. Yeah. And my friends from up north are like, oh, well, wait till they can remember it. No. No, no. You want <laughs> you, You're paying all the money. You get the memories. You get the yeah. memories. Well, that's funny because <laughs> as soon as Angie told me, oh, we're going to be grandparents, I was like, and it was, sounds weird to yes. say that. I was like, Disney passes. And yeah. she was like, no, yeah. no, no. I'm like, no, no, no. Disney passes. <laughs> Plus, the kid's and free for a while. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's exactly the excuse you're going to use now. Oh, but it's free for the kid. Yeah, not for you. Oh, boy. So, Carrie, as we're wrapping up here, and this has been really fun chatting with you, um, I know you wear many hats. Can you tell us about the other ways that you are involved in the author community? Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) Well, um, I teach writing workshops. I mentor younger writers. At my daughter's school, I am the advisor of the 7th through 12th grade writing club. Um, we, we meet, we've been meeting um, on Tuesdays in Zoom, and it's, it's so fun because I don't actually teach them anything. I bring in author friends and publishers and editors, and then they do a presentation for half an hour or so. And um, on the weeks we don't have that, we just do some free writing and talk about things. Mostly I talk about things because, you know, they're – they're quiet and they want to absorb everything. And once I start talking, sometimes I can't, can't stop. So, <laughs> so that's, a lot that's of how we get. Um, yeah. um, what else do I do? Gosh. Oh my gosh. There, I, I, that, there doesn't have to be more. As soon as you said all that, I was like, wow, I've got to step it up. I love to go to conferences. Yes. I love to take classes and support my author friends when they're teaching classes. And, you know, last week, Laura Perez did a class on adding oomph to your action scenes. And that was the mm. third time I've taken that class from her, and I learned something new this time. Like, is every time you attend a class, even if you've attended it before, you're at a different place in your writing, so you hear something different, you know? And, you know, I, I'm more advanced than when I heard it the last time and way more advanced than when I heard it the first time. So I was able to concentrate on parts of the presentation that that I, that I wasn't that good at instead of just, you know, everything the first time and the second time whatever I needed to help me with my current story this time I was like wow I can really apply these things that I haven't tried yet um so that was really great so yeah I I tend to take the same classes over again you know what it Um, makes me think though you being so surrounded by and everything you do and all these ideas you have everywhere and and all the zoom calls you're doing and the uh, meetings that you're having it seems like being just so consumed it's helping to sort of keep the flow going because you know what? I don't know about you, but I notice if you get in a feeling where you don't really feel like sitting down and writing, it kind of goes away as soon as you actually make yourself do yeah. it. If you're mm-hmm. surrounded by it like that, I would imagine you're just kind of constantly get, get me back to my computer so you can or my phone or whatever you're writing. It definitely on. keeps the motivation going. Yeah. You know, when I don't have that, you know, it's easy for me to go a week or two without writing. Right. But I know that I, if I, I'm meeting with I have a, nine, a group at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. I have a group at 9 a.m. Saturday. Um, I have a group going on right now, <laughs> my oh, wow. Tuesday night group. Um, and so there's just all these – there's there's several places during the week where I can plug into if I, if I want to write or if I want to brainstorm or if I have questions or I'm stuck or I want to support, support somebody else. There's, there's so many opportunities. And yeah. living in Central Florida, I mean, there is literally endless opportunities to plug in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I, you know, I think accountability partners or accountability groups are huge too for 
yeah. especially for people like mm-hmm. me that I can get completely obsessed and I've been on vacations writing out by the pool on my iPad yeah. and then I've drifted for like three months and I'm like, I, I, I haven't written in three, so yeah. in the middle of a book. So I get yeah. what you're saying. I think that motivation, yeah. the accountability, those things kind of really help to the success. And, and the community that you guys have is so supportive. There's, oh, I'm sure there's always something it? to do or be yeah. a part of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of there's which. There's always something. So a couple more uh, Facebook mentions real quick. Jen, Jen Hogan just jumped in and said, uh, hi, all. Hi, Jen. Thank you for joining. Crystal, thank you for joining. Uh, Christy again said, uh, you look beautiful, by the way. Uh, oh, Michelle said, you. you're, you're rocking it, Smuggy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nickname. <laughs> yeah. And I can't keep exactly. up with all the rest of them. Smug face. Oh, I told you oh about my face, the, right? that I get it now. <laughs> now, um... You guys know each other from the face, uh, the, what is it? From the Zoom calls. But you've also been on Hanging with Web Show too, haven't you, Carrie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, now, we know those guys. Yeah, yeah. I saw yeah. I saw that on her, um, uh, the website. Yeah. I can't talk wow. right now. So that was the day that I met Dan. We were doing the Authors in a Box thing. Oh, I was there. The, I probably met you. Yeah. It was... What mall was it? That authors, was my first book signing event ever. Hold on, authors like, in a box right at the mall, like, like a few years, like four or five yeah. years ago. It was 2017. Yeah, that, I, my book came out December 5th, and I think that was the following weekend. That was my. That was not my first author thing. That what? But that was my first sort of uh, thing that had multiple. Uh, like mm-hmm. I did my own book signing and stuff. But that yeah. was my first group author thing too. So that's pretty cool. That's when I first met Jamie. Yeah. That's when we first met hanging with the web guys. It was all that same day. Yeah. Uh, Steve Altier, the Lizardville Ghost Stories, all that that whole group. So um, as Angie yeah. said, I have found, and I'm sure he wouldn't say different now, but I sincerely mean this. I have found like the fellow podcasters, but more especially the fellow authors. Everyone is very supportive. No one's like, yeah. um, you know, I'm protecting myself here and. I don't want to tell this person the tricks of the trade because no. I don't want anything get taken away from me. No, it's just been like open like arms. I know. I love yeah. it. Yeah. that That's a great community to be a part of. It seems that. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of community, um, we started It's All Fine and Dangy with getting more involved with the thought of getting more involved in the community and helping others like authors, yeah. local creatives, businesses, small businesses, stuff like that. Um are you involved? How are you involved in your community? Any nonprofits or charities or organizations that you give your time, your resources to that you maybe like to give a shout out or a mention? Oh, gosh. There's a long list and I don't want to forget any of them. Oh. I should have oh sent you a text message before to say, hey, have a list. You know, I, I just you know what, though? That's a good thing that she just said that, though, because that, look, you have even more community involvement right yeah. there. You said you got this huge list. Yeah, no, I, I donate when I can. I donate time when I can. Um, my church, um, Genesis Church, um, Straight Street Orlando, they, they, um, I think it's the second Tuesday of the month. They're out there feeding the homeless. Um, That's great. Let's see what else. Oh gosh. I was a girl scout leader for a while. So I like to support the girl scouts Um, or any, any group that is helping children develop and grow confidence. Um, We love that too. Yeah. The school circle theater company. My daughter's theater company is amazing. Um, 
I'm, I'm I volunteer a lot of ferociously time. writing these down. So yeah, most if not all these will be in the show notes if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast yeah. here. Oh, and you know what? Um, my first book, my my friend, my friend Krista, out west, her and her husband started a nonprofit. Um, I want to get the name right, so I'm looking it up. Okay. They started a nonprofit to help. Um, Oh gosh, first responders and military veterans who oh, are going great. through PTSD, and they take them on these really cool adventures like shark diving and camping oh, wow. in the Ocala Forest. And is it not in my book? Oh my gosh! Oh, something for warriors. Okay, well, no oh, rush. Yeah. While, while you're looking it up, we have uh, Stephanie said Carrie is an amazing author and writing mentor. Yay. Oh, thanks, Steph. Hold on. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get that name for you because okay, yeah, you I, get it I back to me. Perfects for my first book to that yeah. to that concept uh, to that organization because they're just amazing. Okay, yeah, just send it to us and I'll go ahead and put it in the show notes as well and on our website. Awesome. Yeah, having a having a brain freeze right now on that. Well, I don't know about oh. for you, but it's been a long day for me, so I can definitely relate. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. are they located? I think they're based in Utah. Um, gosh, I was just—I was doing like a quick search to see if I could find it real quick. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll find it. We'll, we'll, we'll find, find it. it. We'll, we'll find put it. it in the show notes for sure. I can't believe I can't think of it off the top of my head. That's really sad. Well, this happens to our brains sometimes when there's so much going on. It does. You have a lot yeah. going on. <laughs> so, so Carrie, before we wrap up, for those that are listening and not watching, can you tell everybody how to find you? And I'll also put this in the uh, show notes. Sure. The best place to find me is Facebook. I am on Facebook all the time. My Facebook author page is just slash Carrie Evelyn author. And I, I'm also on Instagram at Carrie Evelyn author. And those two places are where I hang out. My website hasn't been updated in probably six months to a year. Um, but you can still go to CarrieEvelyn.com and, and get to my Amazon page if you want to see all the books I have. They're not all listed on the website right now. We're going through a big website change right now Um, moving off of one platform to another so it's gonna take a while but everything's on facebook i have a reader group called the cranes cove crew so it's facebook.com slash groups cranes cove crew um and that's just a little community it's it's like it's like the bonus area for my readers they can go there and, and interact with me and play games and we do a would you rather kind of thing you know um, oh, that's always fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah, plays, um, latest news. I'll post my events in there. You know, play games, interact, that kind of thing. I'll give them, you know, you know, the newest on what books coming out. Stuff, more stuff about the characters they may not know. It's just fun. You know, that's nice. It's, it's yeah, that's awesome. It, it's it's almost like a Patreon thing where you give a little extra to your yeah your yeah. Uh, readers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like a special club for the fans of the books and yeah. stuff. Super yeah, super fans, yeah. super fans I, I, is what I've heard they're called, right? Super fans. Super fans. Is it, uh, that yeah, that is what they're called. I think that's pretty awesome. Well, thank you so much, and I'm glad you're staying safe and sane during this crazy time that we're in right now. Yes, indeed. Sane, but we're <laughs> <laughs> Are any of us really sane? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I hope not. But uh, thank you okay. for joining us this Tuesday night, yes, and we you. look forward to meeting you in person. We 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 much rather be doing this in person. Trust me. Yeah. I'm always like, I can't wait till we can get back to having people in the studio or going and traveling to see people. We were talking about like what's our challenges, kind of the other day, and I yeah. said that's kind of my challenge. I mean, I love 
that we get interaction, period. But there's something mm-hmm. about being able to hug somebody and, you know what I mean? Just have them and, sitting and right here. And it's, it's, my daughter won't even hug me anymore because she's like, you have germs. Oh. Like, I don't no. have germs. She's like, this is you were at all. I was like, I washed my hands. We're, we're, this is <laughs> what we're doing. We do the same thing. We're doing it to my daughter. It's doing it to me too. We're all going to be like totally freaked out about everything for a while. So yeah. hopefully mm-hmm. that goes away eventually. But again, as Angie said, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us uh, this evening. This has been very informative and it's very interesting and we wish you more success. Thanks. Same to you. Thanks so much for doing this. Your podcast is amazing. Oh, well, thank thank you. you. Thank you very much. So we're going to take a, uh, we're actually going to wrap up on the Facebook live. If you're listening to this on the audio version of the podcast, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So hang tight. Hello and welcome back everybody. That was a great interview, a great way to start off our week with Miss Carrie Evelyn, romance series novelist. Yeah, that was really fun. She's very talented and she's so involved in the community. I love that. She's uh She's, she's got been, her hand in everything, it seems. She does. And she's been really helpful to me personally as far as kind of motivating me and kind of helping me figure out how I want to proceed with my writing. Yeah. And Even that, though it's I a mean, different genre. That probably comes very naturally to her being a yep. teacher. And yeah. that's one of the things she does as a mentor. So that's just a great way to be involved in your community, whether it be those who are doing the striving to do the same thing as you or younger kids or whoever it may be. So I commend her for all that she does and homeschools her children. I do too. Yeah, no (laughs) kidding. Amen. Um, You know, it's funny too, being a totally different genre than her uh, romance stuff, I feel like there's there's a weird sort of uh, unforeseen advantage that I'm getting here Mm. because a a deep sort of... um, psychological thriller sort of maybe book for my new book that I'm writing. I don't really know if it's kind of called a science. It's almost like a science fiction kind of book, kind to be of, honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the character development, I'm already seeing myself, you know, digging deeper into that, as I mentioned, talking to her. And so I think it's almost like a secret weapon I just found out yeah. you know, by working with her. Yeah. I so, mean, when you, when you got off that call uh, this past weekend and told me all the stuff you had to come up with for your characters i was like what the heck yeah. but it kind of makes sense Very, it does make sense that the that that's why people get so invested in those characters like with me with hunger games because th- those characters they just draw you in whichever one you're attracted to yeah. you know what i mean no. just depends on your personality absolutely guess, yeah so but my stories are stories with a what i refer to as a giant twist and uh, you know, whether mm-hmm. it works or not is arguable. I feel like both of my books have a twist at the end where you're like, whoa. The second book, I purposely sort of reveal the first twist, and then I tried to throw another twist in Damn. at the end. And so I asked our re- uh, listeners, readers, I must say, <laughs> I asked well, our listeners. Well, they did have to read <laughs> the post that you made. So good for I, them, readers I, or leaders, everybody. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I, so I asked them what some of their favorite stories are with a mind-blowing twist. And I didn't say book necessarily. So most of them are movies, but I still think it's super interesting. Yeah, And of it course. also kind of reminded me 
of some of my favorite stories. Have you ever seen, this one came up a couple of times, have you ever seen that movie, The Game, with Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas, yes. That, that is, is a good one. a trippy movie. What we about, can't give anything away, neither, no, we we're won't. talking this, about spoil, this. Spoiler free here. So another one that came up was The Others. Oh gosh, that would have been with, one of, that would have been the one I said. With Nicole Kidman. That is the exact type of story I aspire to write. Yeah, by the that way. is a wonderful story. Have you ever seen The Usual Suspects? I don't think I have. Oh my gosh. No. We are so who's, going to who's watch. Who's in it? Kevin Spacey is the main character. I might have seen it. I don't know. Sometimes I don't, oh, the name doesn't ring a bell. And then when I start watching it, I'm like, oh yeah, I've seen this. So I won't go through all these, but what about The Crying Game? No. Don't, who's in that? Sixth Sense? Yes, of course. Okay, everybody's seen that. But That's I didn't a great figure one. that one out like you said you did. And I really did, honestly. I don't figure them all out. I did figure that one out. Somebody mentioned the first Star Wars movie, which I think, I never think of this one, but that is a huge plot twist that you did not see coming. Don't even remember what so, happened. So here's it. an interesting fun fact about the first Star Wars movie. At Towards the end of the movie, where him and Luke are sword fighting or whatever, and he says, um, actually, is that the first movie or the second one? I don't is know. It? I don't, I don't I can't know remember. them by heart. I can't remember either. But where they're having their fight, and he says... You killed my father. And he says, no, I I am am your father. father. Well, here's a fun fact about that. Nobody in the movie knew that was the line. It was Obi-Wan killed your father. And George Lucas pulled Mark Hamill aside right before the scene and said, we're going to dub it in later what Darth Vader says. But what he's really going to say is I am your father. So I want you to react to that. And so Mark Hamill was the only one who knew what yeah isn't that cool so, so but then they because but they went on to show that he was his yeah, father well, they knew. that was, they the, next, knew that was that. the next movie okay that was so that's how they kept it a secret but what's so cool about that gotcha. is the guy who played darth vader is not the same guy who voiced him james earl jones voiced him yeah i knew that and if you ever hear the original darth vader the guy that was doing it it is not good no offense to the guy that was doing it but james earl jones's voice is just like no other he's just got that deep just yeah it's yeah, a good voice it is a, it good, is voice. a good voice planet of the apes was another one the original i will ruin this one for you after the show i don't want to ruin it for the, those that may be listening all right you know what i take What's it back the twist in planet of the i'm gonna apes? ruin that one because it it is so old so in Planet of the Apes, they these astronauts, I'm going to make a short version of this and probably butcher it because I haven't seen it in forever. Is this old Planet of the Apes? The old one. They go oh. they go into space and something goes horribly wrong and they have to eject or whatever and they land on this strange planet where apes can talk. Yes. And humans are captured. This is not the, this is not the Mark humans Wahlberg. Humans are like kept as pets. Right. Right. And at the end of the whole movie, Charlton Heston, one of the astronauts, escapes gets a gr- one of the girls and takes with him and she can't talk and they're on a horse riding the beach and as they're riding the beach the very last scene is the arm sticking up out of the ocean is the arm of the Statue of Liberty. Oh. Didn't even realize so that. The plot he twist, brings an ape woman home with him? So the plot twist is they're not on a the whole time you thought they were on another planet. <gasps> but Instead, they're on Earth. it's way in the future. Oh, interesting. So he's got nowhere to go. There's no getting back anywhere. He's on Earth, but it's way in the future. Oh, wow. So anyway, okay. Okay. A very good one. the Shawshank Redemption was one that came up multiple times. I saw that movie, but I don't remember it. That was really good. Primal Fear, I never saw. Nope. Never Did you saw see that? that. Okay, so we got a list. Sheila yeah, recommended that we one. Do. American Beauty, another Kevin Spacey movie. I've seen it, but don't remember it. 
The Shining, which I think is a great movie, but I don't remember a plot twist in that one. We kind of expected everything that was going to happen, okay. sort of. Did you? Um, the new one or the old one? The old one. The new one's not The Shining. I don't remember the old one good enough to oh, really see if it... We got, we got so it, many yeah, movies to watch that's together. Okay. The what Book of Eli was a good one. It Wasn't that a good one? Mm-hmm. Have you seen Mulholland Drive? No. I haven't even heard of that, so we got to look, look that one this. up. Look at this. we got stuff to watch, We really people. do. Occurrence then, at Own Creek. That's a book. That's the only book that was recommended, and Paul recommended... A good friend of mine, Paul, who is a... He's a writer, and he's also kind of a aficionado for you know pop mm-hmm. culture stuff. But he said occurrence at, at it should be Owl Creek is a oh, Owl Creek. is like a perfectly okay. written book, you know, I guess by the measure of many people with a perfect twist. So I have to read that one. Somebody mentioned Maleficent as an amazing plot twist. I guess I should watch that movie. Yeah, again. I thought you loved that one. I did, but I watched it like one time. When well, I took Rachel years ago to see it in the movie theater. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love those little, um, we've been posting some little um, quarantine questions. Oh, I love that too. <laughs> and one of the ones was, do you make your bed every day? Oh, I love that one. <laughs> because just for those of you listening, we have uh, different philosophies on that. So I'm mm-hmm. not like a militant about make your bed no matter what. But I do, if it's just me. I do feel better about the organization of my life for some reason if I get up and make the bed before I get going. I don't really care. Nobody's coming over, so I don't really care. <laughs> right. I'm going to sleep in that bed again <laughs> that night, so I don't care. Yes. That door gets you shut. Don't That's... worry about it. So, yeah, we had 67% of people said yes, they do. Oh, Losers. Yes, there's still hope <laughs> for humanity. You're making the bed even during quarantine when no one's coming over. I love you, people. These are the people... Most of you probably have 17 pillows on your bed. Whatever. We don't. Don't, don't hate. Don't hate. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, so we are getting ready to finally paint the house. Yeah, and I've been doing some inside painting, which I shouldn't have done. When you hurt yourself. That happens sometimes I when know. you push yourself a little too much. I know. <laughs> yeah, so I started painting the inside laundry room because I wanted it to be pretty. Yeah, I know, and it looks great. And then we're going to, you have some days coming up off. I know. That didn't make any sense. You I know. have some off days coming up. I Well, I have off days all the time. I'm having an off you day You have right some now. days off from work coming up I soon. do. There I we do. go. I got it that time. And I for my vacation this year, in honor of the quarantine, I'm going to paint my house. That's going to be my vacation. Woo-hoo. For my second vacation next month, I'm going to do some writing, though, so that's good. Yes. And, uh, you know... Just revel in the fact that we're all not wearing pants and have big hair these days. <laughs> or pant, pant, pantless and have big hair. That's pretty much true. You're wearing pajama bottoms, so let's, you know. That's not come. really pants. You remember mm-hmm. shoes? Well. Shoes were no fun. <laughs> shoes are overrated. Shoes were no fun. <laughs> I, I don't. I threw all my heels away once I um, <laughs> got my surgery and realized, yeah, that ship is not going to happen again. <laughs> It's not going to happen, so they're gone. Back to the hair thing for a minute. So this is a little bit different for women because unless you're a woman that has very short hair, but if you have longer hair, you can grow your hair for two weeks or three weeks or two months or three months, and it'll look different, but it still looks kind of stylish. If you are a... I shouldn't say this because I guess it's it's not male or female. In my world at work, it pretty much is, but... If you are a human with a haircut <laughs> that is short and clean, it is different for a human that has a haircut that is longer because the longer people hair, you can't really tell. But for me, 
my hair is getting to the point, and it's funny because I see other people on the Zoom calls who are like businessmen types, and their hair is getting big. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's like the longest you know their hair's ever been. So, and you know what, all us women are dealing with. I posted a picture of it. Our roots are grown out oh, so that's long. Right. We all got fake colored hair. Come on now. It's not even about color covering up the grays. We just want different color hair than what we were born with. Yeah. <laughs> and mine are like, my natural hair color is almost completely like down to the bottom of my ears. Oh my goodness. That's how bad it is. Well, yeah. I, you know, I would go I don't get have a, a good natural hair color neither. See, oh, whatever. I, I don't. You know, I, I would say go ahead and go get it done or go ahead and go get your haircut. But I thought, how are you going to go get a haircut with a mask on? It goes around your ears. They that's can't, they what, like that's can't what the it. hairdressers are, you know, preaching about. Like, why can't they wear the mask and have the client, you Come know, in. you'd only be able to have one client at a time, though, or, yeah. you know, however they're I mean, you working could, you could still You could still kind of unhook your ears from the mask and hold it against your face. Yeah. And I might do that within the next week or two. I don't know. I got to think about how safe it feels, but... The, yeah, I might the, have Taylor do mine soon because I'm, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling it, buddy. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> Got to do it. Well, you guys aren't going to cut my hair, so I think we, uh, our roots are grown out. We're all gaining weight. <laughs> it's like what? In the heck? Well, I'm gaining weight too. So, um, but you know, Elena, I think Elena's still cutting hair, so I may just go to her and have her do it to yeah. get it over with. You and, guys could work around the things on your ears somehow i think so you know and you did you you posted something this week and i did i need to get revenge on you oh i posted revenge <laughs> i posted the re, the revenge of the scare cam yeah Finally. but i need to get revenge on you because they're oh, all of me except I, for one <laughs> i will put a link to our new scare cam video it you know it was all you because you're easier to scare whatever I You're didn't. easy to scare, but you lock doors on me so that I can't sneak up on you and stuff. Yes, that's true. But <laughs> if you guys are wondering, I know this is this is what we do to pass the time, or what I do. <laughs> the uh, we, years and years ago, I guess starting from when the kids were little, and it kind of went on through that. If you watch that first YouTube video, mm-hmm. Jake was really little in the first one, but he's like you know sixteen or seventeen in the last one. So it was those were various clips that were safe forever. These are ones it wasn't as many because it hasn't yeah. been as long. But I would jump out of the darkness or a corner and yell, scare cam, and scare either Angie or Rachel. It was really mostly Angie. And the best one was, like two days ago, when she was painting the laundry room, she had the side door of the house open. So I came into that room from inside the house, said hi, went back into the room, went out the back door, walked (laughs) around the whole house, and she was painting inside the laundry room, if you could picture this, right by the exterior door that was open. (laughs) So I got right up to it, and then I jumped in the doorway, and she screamed. It was great. And you always say the same thing when you get scared, but it's it's inappropriate for a clean show. That's right. But you can check out the video and find out the words that I say Mm. every time Daniel scares me. You certainly can. Yeah. Well, we would love to hear what you guys are doing at home to pass this time still. We would. Especially funny stuff. Like, please share that funny or, you know, uplifting stuff. That makes me happy. And um, you can email that to us at feedback at fineanddangy.com or give us a call at 407-490-3899. That's right. And you can just tell us on a voicemail if you want. That's right. Or check us out on social media at Fine and Danchy. Oh, that was my line? Sorry. <laughs> Your line is Fine and <laughs> 
You're supposed to do the social media, rate, review, and subscribe us. Okay, well, I'm not reading the script. I'm winging it tonight. But yes, rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> there you go. And, uh, you know, <laughs> ring the little bell or whatever they say. I don't know what that means. So never mind, don't do that. You but. can ring my bell. Ring my bell. Ding, ding. Ding, a ling, a ling. <laughs> so I just thought of something for those of you listening. I'm going to start posting something. And I'm going to figure out how to do this to where Angie can't see it. We're going to do the trigger word. So every week, I'll try to say the trigger word, and we'll see if it triggers her to start singing the song that we know we're after. And all of It has to be the song you're after, because I might have a whole different song in my That's head. That's true. Maybe one point if you start singing, and two points if you start singing the song we all predicted you were going to sing. You should give. You should start a points system for people so that they can actually win a prize. And win some merchandise. That yes. would be amazing. All oh right. my gosh. Okay. Well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. As usual, we are going to get going. We hope you have a great rest of the day, rest of the night, and we will see you or talk to you and see you on Facebook next week. So remember, even though we're all going through this time with big hair and no pants on, as long as we're staying healthy and safe, that's what matters. And at the end of the day, it's it's all fine and dandy. dandy.